0: Welcome to Your Music Saved Us, where two friends blast ourselves into the past to relive and recontextualize the alternative Christian music we grew up listening to in the 1990s. My name is Clifton, and I'll be your host on this junket. And joining me is a man who always flees the scene before the blame can be fixed on him. Jay, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, Clifton. Um, yeah, I, I you know, I've done, I've done that before. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> uh, you know, part of me is a you little ashamed it. of it. Part of me's not. You know, sometimes you just
0: <laughs> gotta get away. It's true. I think that's also a song, but not on this album. <laughs> All right, Jay. Well, what are we listening to today?
1: Um, we are listening to Pedro the Lion's 1998 debut full-length album. It's yeah. hard to find a friend. <laughs> so okay. I know we said debut last time, but it, it's true both times, right? One was an EP, debut a EP. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. All right, uh, was this was this hard to find?
1: No, thank goodness. It's on Spotify and Jade Tree Records re-release this from the original release right. i will say though back in the day when this came out like immediately after this came out this was hard to find this was not an yeah. easy one to get
0: so it's on made in mexico right yeah and did they like we may maybe we can get into it later right okay, never mind. We'll, we'll get into it later. all right <laughs> was so Last week, we talked about, you know, that, that Hole wasn't played in, in youth groups. Was this played in your youth group?
1: <laughs> no. Uh, so many, this is one of those that, like, if this had been played in youth group, I don't know. Maybe my life might have turned out differently. I'm not sure, but, like, <laughs> 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 I would have felt a that, lot more hopeful about things.
0: That would have had to have been a completely different youth group than the one I grew up exactly. in.
1: Exactly. There's the, probably someone somewhere that did have this oh, in yeah. youth group because they had I'm some. I'm sure cool there's a cool youth minister. pastor out there. Right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, that was not me. Yeah, yeah, no. All right, well, are we getting preached at? I mean, at first I said no, and then I came back and changed my answer. And like, maybe in a really (laughs) gentle way. Yeah. Kind of depends on what you view as preaching, honestly.
2: Hmm, okay.
1: So. I guess we'll get more into that later.
0: Yeah. All right, before we move forward, I want to uh, thank all of our current patrons, including a new patron, Noel Westbrook. Um, and why don't I just go through all the other patrons while I'm at it? Julie Ross, Brian P., Chris, Chris Made My Own Lane, The Ghost of Larry Nichols, Gravity Head Zero, Chris Smith, and Brock Didis. Uh, Thank you all for uh, contributing to the show. And remember, you too can contribute and get extended episodes and even some extras uh, to help us pay for our bills to host the podcast. Well, Jay, how about you tell us a little bit more about Pedro the Lion.
1: Yeah. So if you didn't hear the last episode, you should just stop and listen to the one before <laughs> that because this really just follows from that. And it's probably not going to make a lot of sense to you. But I'm going to add to what Clifton covered last week um, and say that, you know, David Bazan, who is Pedro the Lion, uh, recorded that EP with Tooth and Nail. He decided not to sign a full contract with Tooth and Nail. I think they wanted to sign him to like a 5 album deal. And his producer for the EP, Steve Wold, later known as C6 Steve, um <laughs> basically looked at it and was like this is not a good deal, dude, don't do this. Um yeah. and I think David has kind of said if he had not told him that he probably would have signed. <laughs> but he took a little thought. He said, you know, okay, maybe not. Took a step back and thought, all right, I'm not going to do this with tooth and nail, but who's going to release my music? Luckily, James Morelos, who was a tooth and nail publicist. And also, I just think like a long time friend of David's Mm -hmm. decided to start his own label called made in Mexico. And Pedro was the first band on the label 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 label. Pedro's big truck. Seven inch was their very first release. And then the next release was this. It's hard to find a friend. So, David recorded this album, I think, in early 98. It might be late 97. It doesn't really say. Mm-hmm. The CD lists the recording location is Casa Recording Co., which I think was Blake Westcott of Bloomsday, who we covered mm-hmm. on a previous episode. Uh, he later played him Pedro some. I think that was his like home studio, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at this point in time, Jonathan Ford of roadside monument that had like literally just broken up, uh, was playing bass in Pedro and David did vocals, guitar and drums on this recording. Um, hmm. so yeah.
0: It's interesting to all the live videos I've seen of this. Well, a lot of the live videos I've seen of the newer where he's touring these songs. He plays bass on all of that, So Yeah.
1: It's funny. He's been playing bass for a while live and I'm not, a hundred percent sure other than maybe that's just a little easier like to sing while you're playing bass because let's be real yeah. the bass parts on pedro are not like super complicated <laughs> uh they're not bad but they're just there's some there's some
0: bass leads on this uh on this e- album
1: yeah and i think that's probably more jonathan <laughs> ford but yeah but you're right They're but they're not like super crazy stuff and so um i wonder if he's just doing that live as a way like he can do the vocals without mm. focusing too much on guitar stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know.
2: Okay. Well, Jay, when did, uh, when did you find this album?
1: So, I'm about 99% sure on my memory here, Clifton. I was scratching my mm-hmm. head a little bit, but I am almost positive I picked this up when I saw them in summer of 98 at Cornerstone. And I think I remember hearing somewhere that they like rushed production of this so they would have them at Cornerstone because those bands mm. always sold tons of merch at yeah. Cornerstone. If there was like one time you wanted to have your stuff ready, it was for that. So I had been a fan of the EP, but like I said before, not not huge, just enjoyed it. and for, But for some reason made sure I saw Pedro at Cornerstone. It was like an afternoon show. Maybe there was just nothing else going on that I wanted to see. I'm not sure why, but I caught, I remember catching their whole set and really kind of being blown away. And so of course I picked this up right after that. I also bought the big truck seven inch, which I later sold before we moved to Prague. And I kind of regret oh, that because it yeah. would be worth a lot. <laughs> oh, well. Oh,
0: well. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I actually saw, I sent you a video a, a little bit ago of, of Pedro live at cornerstone 2002 in which in the description, the guy talks about the first time he saw them was 1998 and they were performing. It's hard to find a friend. That's also where they picked up the album. So, yeah. That kind of corroborates your,
1: your story. Good. There. I'm not crazy because the, the release date listed online says like beginning of November 98, yeah, which is a exactly, lot yeah. later. And I thought, I know that's not right. So, I. <laughs> <laughs> the reason, you know, and I mentioned it earlier, this album was not easy to get. I was lucky. I picked it up at Cornerstone, but it's made in Mexico. It's a brand new label. I don't know what distribution they had. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. If any. <laughs> yeah. Um, And so maybe November was when they finally got a little distribution behind ah, the label. that makes less sense. Um, yeah. But yeah, this was not, back in 98, 99, this was like not easy to get.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, back then having a label, the, 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 the main thing you were doing was having a relationship with someone who could actually distribute it, you
1: know? <laughs> yeah. When was the first time you heard this actually?
0: So I didn't hear this until, until college. So I, and I'm pretty sure I, you, you pointed me towards it. Yeah.
1: That, okay. And that, I mean, that makes sense in the fact that like, you know, we get to college, mm-hmm. there's beginnings of MP3s, people sharing yep. music, people could burn CDs at that point and stuff. And so then, sharing that kind of thing but yeah this was yeah. not um definitely not in christian bookstores and honestly because it was on such a small new label i don't think it was that easy to find in other places yeah. so i'd be curious actually how many <laughs> copies of this they originally sold, sold. on main mexico yeah. so like a thousand it might uh, yeah probably something like yeah. that
0: yeah but then luckily like you said it did get repicked up by uh by jade tree once yeah what was that winners never quit that they signed him for
1: uh-huh that was his okay. first for jay tree
0: okay yeah so that was you know just that was 2000 so, right yeah and then J tree put it put it back out yeah okay that price sold a lot more yeah <laughs> all right um did did this play like a big role in your life
1: yeah and i don't have a ton of specific stories but man like I think of all the albums I was listening to at the time. this was the one I most related to. Hmm. um I do remember driving with a friend in the mountains of New Mexico, listening to this album and actually talking about the lyrics, which was like something we rarely did with any <laughs> of mm-hmm. the music we was listening you know we were listening to and it just I connected to this these lyrics probably more than anything else during that time period in my life. Um, and so, yeah, I, this was a really, really important album for me.
0: Very cool. Have you listened to it over the years or gone back to it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not as much um, probably as some of the other Pedro stuff, not because I don't like it, but just because I listened to it so much back in the day <laughs> that it just, there were other new things to explore that. Yeah. David had recorded. So I kind of went to those more, but um but yeah, definitely have revisited this since 98.
0: Hmm. All right. So it wasn't a surprise when you dove back into it to prepare for this episode.
1: No, no, not at all, right. all. all right Well, should we uh should we get into it? Sure.
0: All right. Tell us about track 1 of Up and Coming Monarchs.
1: Yeah, um this is an interesting one. You know, it starts full band from the get-go. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a gentle sounding song, like you know that guitar, da- dun dun da 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 Like it's just, it, you know, that part, the ding 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 dun, mm-hmm. dun, dun, dun da. It yes, that's the best way I know how to describe it. Um, <laughs> it's got this kind of nice space line under it, and it's just, it's not fast, it's not slow, it's just kind mm-hmm. of a pleasant song, you know. Yeah. Um, I did notice, it's... re-listening to this closer for this, that a little bit like the whole EP, there is a part on this kind of at the end of the verses where the guitar stops strumming and just plays single notes over the bass and mm-hmm. drum. I hadn't really paid attention to those parts before going back for this, but there are a few parts kind of like that EP where, you know, some of the instruments pull back and it's pretty mm-hmm. open sounding.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And this is just a pretty simple song. There's not really even a bridge. It's just verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and then like an outro. And that's <laughs> yes. that's it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean we talked about this last time and we'll I'll talk talk about more in the full length, but I was kind of struck re-listening to this, just how simple <laughs> a lot of these mm-hmm. songs are. But,
0: it's simple, but it has like just a nice charming little there, there's kind of an accent pattern in the in the strumming, you know? Mm-hmm. Which is really nice, and I think adds kind of a lot of it's that like you're talking about. Even though he's only playing two chords there, you know he's adding little accents. That's kind of walking a little bit there, and really just adds like a lot of like kind of chill character. See,
1: yeah. Can we just play the first? I don't know. I don't know. Ten seconds of the song or whatever. It's it's very simple that bass that boom boom boom
0: yeah ding. it's a great bass line
1: yeah um, which is that's it's funny thinking about Jonathan Ford literally ending roadside monument <laughs> like basically at the same time and thinking about their la- last album I'm the Day mm-hmm. of Current Taste and all the weird <laughs> crazy bass stuff on that and then this. Yeah. Like he actually seemed to really like playing with Pedro, and I'm thinking, like, this is probably so boring. But maybe he enjoyed right. <laughs> the real change.
0: Yeah, it could be. I mean it's it's and it is kind of chill. Maybe there's kind of a zenness to it, you know, to playing this. Right. Yeah. I kinda like the uh the strumming thing is is similar to to how I do some songs. And and to the point to the extent that I even uh I actually remixed this song, Jay, a little bit. Ooh, um,
1: let's hear it. With,
0: with, now it's not perfect. Because there's a little bit of uh, the guitars aren't kind of sh- warm as I wanted them to be. Um,
1: Wait, so is this but, you playing or you just? No, no, no. You just played with this the is, original. Okay.
0: No, no, no. I just took and I and I, I added some uh, some. Uh, I, I actually did an amp amp sim um, of of two different amps that are that have more gain than obviously just a little clean amp that he's using and quite a bit of reverb, and I slowed it down to make it a little more like shoegaze-esque I mean it's not shoegaze at all but it kind of has that walking kind of feel to it that shoegaze has sometimes that's what I was looking for here I'll play it here for you okay yeah
1: I mean i could definitely hear the shoe gaze. Um, yeah yeah i kind of like that that's yeah right yeah i was thinking if
0: i if i had written this song that's how i thought i would have recorded it was, was what i was thinking
1: yeah um interesting yeah, yeah. well you want to dive into the into the lyrics here yeah and I, i'm curious your take i was going to say i think this might be one of the more if not the most unclear lyric uh-huh. <laughs> lyric songs on the entire <laughs> album, and i I actually spent some time with this trying to unpack it right it's called of up and Coming monarchs
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the song is basically you know kind of about i I don't know a theme of like trying to escape that's um, what I got <laughs> you know and so it he, he talks about you know ships resting on the ocean floor i, I Tried to dodge the draft. I can't go to Canada anymore. Yeah. Um, basically, you know, and I think the key to the song, I think, is the last part where he says, the mermaids teach us how to breathe beneath the line that now divides action from apathy. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting song. He refers in one line, he says, thanks to the new American queen. mm which is the only time he mentions a monarch, which is you know the title of the song, and so yeah, I spent a, a long yeah. time trying to like figure out what he's saying. There is a um, steamboat called the American Queen, which also fits <laughs> with the boat theme, but I still couldn't really like
0: yeah, but fully steamboat put together the Ocean.
1: what he's saying, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that's as far as I got to I, that, I was just like, is this about like looking for a way out of life, like to escape, you know everyone and everything kind of thing that's that's as much as i got too but it's it is it's it you know david's usually pretty upfront in his uh in his lyrics and this one's a little a little more cryptic
1: which is funny because yeah there's super personal later in the album on some of these things like no no doubt what he's talking about and this is maybe the one where you're a little bit like huh um but i mean i think it fits kind of with the themes you're going to see throughout this Mm Hmm. Wanting to escape, wanting to deal, that last line, action from apathy, like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: wanting to care more sometimes about the things he feels like he should care about. Yeah, but, yeah, this one yeah. is is not as clear. Um, but I <laughs> like it. It's a nice song. I enjoy the reference to Dodging the Draft and, uh, you know.
0: <laughs> I don't quite get the uh, Amer- Canada's not what she used to be thing, but, you know.
1: I think, so the little bit of reading I did on this, I think, you know, that used to be more of a, um, of a thing. Like you could, like in you Vietnam and stuff, people yeah. go to Canada. But then I think also in Vietnam, Canada started supporting the war, like in other ways. Mm. And, um, it was not as easy to just run up there anymore and avoid mm. fighting. I see. Um, and so. Okay. Yeah.
0: Plus I think the, uh. They've been involved in other wars since then
1: too. Exactly. So. Yeah. So it's 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 not like it used to be.
0: Yeah, it's true. Not like it used to be. Okay. All right. Well, I wanted to stop briefly on the second song. Uh, the longer I lay here, mm-hmm. and you know, I told you that this one kind of intrigues me because it's a bit, you know, it's it. it for, first off, the song is kind of haunting and minimalist. Can we just listen to the first little bit here? Yeah. One
2: two three one. Ready, go you're yeah. up with the sunrise and down when
0: You're not listening in the stereo that's ba- like the metronome is going back and forth like that, 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 that between both ears, right? It's like left right, left right, left right, left right, left, right.
1: Yeah, this one if you yeah, you kind of need to listen to headphones to kind of yeah. see what he's doing here. <laughs> and in stereo. Um yeah, so is this and tell me if I'm right. What I think he's doing is he's basically got two different recordings of this mm-hmm. and they're offset by like a half second or something. Yeah really yeah. Sing- and so when you hear them in your ears Yeah, like one is right behind the other, and it's very similar, but it's clearly, like, not exactly the same. It's like two different takes of the song put together.
0: Yes. So in in recording, a lot of times, you'll, you'll what they call double-tracking something, which is just recording it twice or three times or ten times, you know? Just because the natural tendency to not quite, you know, no one's a robot, right? You can't hit it exactly right every time. And so it just makes it feel thicker and fuller whereas here he has purposefully <laughs> moved it off just enough that you that you can hear that it's not right that it's not just laying over each other so it's giving you this kind of weird little uh you know if you're, if you're prone to vertigo, vertigo you might want to sit down before uh before listening to this
1: yeah it yeah. Is, but it's a cool effect and it works for this now i wouldn't want him to do it on very many songs and i think right, you no. can only really do this cuz it's just him with the yes. guitar yeah.
0: and the the metronome
1: yeah but it it's it's a cool effect and you're right it is kind of haunting and i don't know what the decision was behind this if he was just like you know what i don't feel like i can flesh this out with a full band or what it was but it's a it's pretty much i think the only time he's ever done something like this as far as kind of like the doubling up Mm -hmm. you know the two versions together um but uh yeah i like it what it lyrically can I, can I jump to lyrics on this? Yes. Yeah. So
0: <sighs> yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to read the lyrics real fast. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Go for it. Anyway, I'm... Right,
0: you're, you're up with the sunrise and down when the work's been done with excellence, industry, diligence, naturally. I would like to be you just for a few habit forming years. Laziness cuts me like fine cutlery. I need a miracle. Someone to help me help myself. Sweet Jesus, I need you. Forgive me this sin. Not hookers, nor heroin, gambling, or gin. It sounds so ridiculous, but I just can't lick this. I need a miracle, someone to help me help myself.
1: So, based on the last EP and based on a lot of this album, I really think this is very personal Mm -hmm. and sincere. But... There's also a part of me that wonders if it's, I don't know if tongue in cheek is the right way to say it, but there's part of me that like, <laughs> like when he says you're up with the sunrise down when the um, work's been done. Thank you. Yeah. With uh, excellence, industry, diligence, naturally. I mean, that's kind of like Protestant ethic, spirit of capitalism type stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's that that's that pure Calvinist. Like, how do you know you're one of the elect? Well, let me tell you.
1: <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so part of me wonders like, is he kind of putting it on there, like being a little extreme, oh, trying to make? I th- a think
0: he I think he's like calling it out, kind of thing. Yeah.
1: I and so that was, that was an interesting thing. Re-listening to this album is there's a couple other points where I'm like, okay, I, I he's being personal and honest about himself, but I feel like maybe he's calling some stuff out on this too, mm-hmm. or kind of pointing at stuff, which I didn't. I mean, I know that the whole EP is telling a story, but I didn't really feel like he was doing that. Now, mm-hmm. later albums, he's going to do that a lot, like a right. lot, a lot. But this is kind of an in-between where it's very personal, very open, but you just start to get hints of that mm-hmm. throughout.
0: Yes. Now, I especially like that he says, you know, sweet Jesus, I need you, forgive me this sin. But the sins are not hookers. They're not heroin. They're not gambling. It's just that he's not, what, productive enough?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: Right? And also this someone to help me help myself. You know, there's this, in in Protestantism, there's this uh, Mm. common idea that you can't help someone that isn't willing to help themselves. Because I think people think it's in the Bible, but you know what, Jay? It's not. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a biblical thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I th- I think that I think that's what this song is doing is kind of calling out that that Protestant mindset, um, you know, and, and capitalist mindset, you know, working ourselves to death kind of thing as as I, I think it is, you know, I mean, tongue in cheek is kind of a weird thing to say about it because it is so serious, you know, but yeah, I think I think it's just calling it out as is kind of the bullshit that it is.
1: Yeah, like there's there's part of me that still thinks he's somewhat serious about this like when he's talking about sweet jesus i need you forgive me this sin like i don't but at the same time you're right i think it's pointing at something else too
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um
0: i mean you can feel guilt over something that you know you shouldn't feel guilt over you know
1: mm. yep (laughs) (laughs) definitely
0: yeah so I, i think that's what's going on here yeah
1: Alright, let's move
0: on to the third track. Big Trucks.
1: Yeah. Uh I guess if this album had a single, it might be this one. <laughs> well, um, it was a single, right? Yeah. And it's it <laughs> it's definitely one he's played kind of since that time. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, it's an upbeat, catchier song. Um, and again, it just kind of starts straight in, full band. Um you know, in it. <sighs> It's He plays the chorus, like, instrumental a couple times, then he comes in with the vocals. Um And, and it's an interesting song to me because he goes straight into the chorus after the first verse. It's mm-hmm. not very long. It's, like, two and a half minutes long. It's one of those I think he might have been able to stretch out more, like a little right. more chorus <laughs> repeat a couple times, that kind of thing, or, or do the first verse, do the second verse, then the chorus. I don't know, that kind of thing. But, um yeah, it, another thing I noticed... That I never thought about till I was listening is this, this is a really long wordy chorus.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's super short verses and a really long verse. Two verses, yeah.
1: Right, and it, but it works, but yeah. it's it probably shouldn't because it's it's yeah. kind of weird. Um, so yeah, and, and another thing I noticed, just like I've said a lot on the sound, the verses are just a few notes. They're not really even strummed like the chorus. In mm-hmm. fact, he does that on quite a few songs. He just kind of playing single notes during the verses <laughs> which sounds great cuz you don't really think about it till you really start digging in yeah you know i
0: think it's very it's very minimalist i mean th- th- this i think this whole album is pr- is pretty minimalist yeah
1: mhm and then there's no bridge or anything it's just him like sounding like he's straining just a little on the chorus before <laughs> it ends yep um yeah do you think we could play the chorus just a little kind of yeah a wordy that is. There's real people in the big big trucks that you flip off when
2: they're they can.
1: yeah very long wordy chorus um, <laughs> you're right longer than the verses but for some reason it works
2: yeah
0: it does all right you want me to read the lyrics here uh yeah all right it says dad dad why did you let that man push you around like that you should have beat him down down to the ground for that he said, son, you're still young and you always jump the gun. There's real people in the big, big trucks that you flip off when they get in your road. You get so hacked, but you pay no mind to the big, big sign that says oversized load. Do you really think they can go as fast as you in your 87 Trans Am? They know you're in such a terrible rush, but they're going just as fast, as fast as they can. Dad, dad, I really don't understand what driving big truck big trucks has to do with that man. You should have taught him a lesson about being rude, about talking to you with such an attitude.
2: What's your take?
1: Well, I've always loved how he mentions you and your 87 Trans Am, how he's that specific <laughs> and how yeah. it's like a even at this time it's like over 10 years old car, but it's fast yeah. and like it's just it's just kind of a funny reference. <laughs> um <laughs> it's
0: also weird that like it feels like he's talking to a child, you know, th- with, the with you know, mm-hmm. but who's, that kid doesn't have an 87 Trans Am probably, you know, because <laughs> they're a child. Right. It sounds like who he's talking to here.
1: It, I mean, I, I get the sense that the song is kind of about like not rushing to judgment on stuff, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or like being wise in certain situations. But yeah. it reminded me I hope I can express this well, but there was always that kind of like sense in that evangelical culture of like, God knows better than you, his ways are not our ways, that Mm. kind of thing. And so this feels like, I know this is not specifically about God, but in a way this feels kind of like that same way of thinking of like, Mm. there's just stuff you don't get, um, you know, because you're not able to yet, but you know, God sees it a different way kind of thing. Um, and I don't know if he's trying to express that or if it's just straight literal, you know, maybe it's, (laughs) maybe it's both, you know, I think we've all probably had situations like this, not necessarily in the car, but where stuff you're like getting upset about something. And then you realize like, Oh yeah, that person has a very different perspective and yes, you know, can't (laughs) do things the same way and stuff. Um, yeah, exactly. i remember at the time thinking like this is pretty profound you know yep. <laughs> and it's not that it's not necessarily it's just it was just the right level of profound for like 18 year old jay right yeah. like you know
0: i mean because because this definitely came out when we were like you know becoming adults and i think that's one of those things that you learn as you become an adult is that oh other people got their own things too yep you know
1: yeah exactly <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, as a, as a, I heard a psychologist explain one time that you know, all children are narcissists basically, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they've they just never had to consider you know life outside of themselves to to the, to to much degree. Um, but this is kind of putting an end to that narcissism. Yeah,
1: I think there was also part of me back in the day that liked it. he mentioned um, flipping off someone, <laughs> just because again that I I know this is probably sounds dumb to some people, but that that was not. They don't talk about that in Christian albums. Yeah, no. Not that he's advocating it here, but it's just like it's a real thing you do. I've definitely put mm-hmm. people off before when they've gotten <laughs> in front of me. I'm still prone to a little bit of road rage now and then. So, um, you know,
0: I like to give people thumbs up when they do something really, really smart.
1: Really, you know? that's that's a, stupid. that's a better way to be. Yeah. Um,
0: Good job. You almost killed a bunch of people back there.
1: <laughs> but it, I, I just like that it mentions. You know, a real thing. Um, yeah. So it's, it's this album is definitely real. Like it's real. It's relatable. I think that's one of the things I liked about it so much mm-hmm. back in the day. And so I appreciated that he wasn't trying to make it sound holier than thou, but something real that True. would happen.
0: Yeah. All right. Shall we move on to the next
1: song? Uh, yeah. So I was it, the the problem with this album is like we can't do them all. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and there's only one or two that I'm really kind of like throw, I don't know that any are throwaway songs, but there's one or yeah. two that I'm just not that into, but most of them I like quite a bit. Um, but I know you did want to mention suspect fled the scene. So let's, I did. let's talk about that a little bit.
0: Mostly just because I, I I like how the song ends, which is, uh, which is the ride as fast as you can. They're shooting to kill. I mean, mostly the song is about, I think the song's about kind of like, gossip mongering people you know and this is kind of about staying one step ahead of them or something like that i don't know well i do i
1: just it's specifically about though like about the church with that because he says in this church town yes when he's referencing it and so
0: yeah so even if you're not from a small town if you grew up in a church that's kind of like being in a small town right
1: yeah yeah and it's interesting everybody knows everybody's business i did find this interesting going back through this because um and in the title is right, suspect fled the scene. There's no proof mm-hmm. that this guy ever did what they right. think he did. That's a good point. But they're right. gonna like kill him anyway, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, ride as fast as you can. They're shooting to kill. Um they're coming after you, whether you really did it or not. They don't have time to worry about the truth. It's just the way you're perceived, the way it looks, whatever.
2: Yeah. All right,
0: I wanna play that part here at the end. I, I just I just like the way it I don't know. I like the performance.
2: Ride as fast as you can You're shooting to kill Ride as fast as you can Ride as fast as you can. you are shooting to kill. Ride as fast as you can. you are shooting to kill.
1: It's it's kind of nice too because it's got a slight like, slight country influence. Mm-hmm. Um, just, yeah, I was, just, I was. I thought enough. this would be a
0: great, just note. Yeah, I thought I thought this would be great to cover as a punk song, especially if you if you really bring in that 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 kind of countryish baseline there. You know, <laughs> I don't know, and way faster, obviously.
1: Yeah, it and it it's just funny because it works with like the, you know, the con you know the content of the song talking about horses, t- small mm. town, riding out, shooting to kill, all that. Like it's <laughs> yes.
0: Although some people call a uh, 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 big trucks a kind of a countryish song, but I, mean, I never hear it there.
1: It's, maybe it's just trucks, it's very slightly, it. but yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, leaning too much into that truck thing. Right. All right. Well, let's move on to "Bad Diary Days."
1: Yeah, this was definitely one of my favorite songs on the album. I I like the beginning, like musically, I like the song a lot. Lyrically, I like the song a lot. You know, it just starts with like bass and guitar and just kind of single notes picking and then playing faster. And then I love when the drums come in, you know, Dave is a, a drummer first and there's nothing at all. Mind blowing on this with the (laughs) drums, but I think he has a good sense for what to do in some places. So the way that like they come in on this is a really nice addition to the song.
0: Yeah. There's some very interestingly placed, minimalist fills.
1: exactly yeah yeah yeah. it's very minimal but it it it's thoughtful on some of this um again this one is very simple especially on the verses like yeah i I just it's been fun to go back and listen to this and just go man he's like really not doing that much (laughs) but it works really well yeah
0: That, you know, sometimes there are like two guitars going on, you know, but I think that's kind of like the most complicated thing we get in, in in any of these songs here. Yeah, this is uh, this is by far the most listened to song on this album on Spotify with uh, 50 percent more listens than big
1: trucks that 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 surprises me. I love this right? song, but I would not yeah. have thought this would be the most listened to.
0: Right, I would think, yeah, big trucks. But I don't know. People have a uh, people just love songs about broken hearts. I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I does this question for you, Clifton. Does this song actually have a chorus? So what I call the <laughs> chorus,
0: um, is 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 the bass thing. Yeah, play it. Yeah, which I really like. I want to play the first one and the second one because they're so they're so great. Um, between the two of them. So the first time uh, happens, is going to be, um, well, there's kind of two opening verses, and then it goes into uh, what I'm going to call a chorus here.
2: She must have.
1: I And
0: mean, the opening riff kind of repeats there.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's basically the chorus. It was funny listening yeah. to this. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> there's not really a chorus. In not song. not lyrically,
0: no. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, And then it's
0: going to repeat. Can I have to go, and go to that part? Yeah. Okay, so it's going to repeat. But there's a lot more tension that's been built up in the songs lyrically here, which we'll get to in a second. But this time we get like a bigger drum feel. And the bass this time has a fuzz on it. It's
1: kind of great. It kind of gets jammy a little bit at the end. It does, yeah, yeah. That is kind of the vocal part from earlier. Yes, yeah, which is pretty cool, yeah.
0: Yeah, but it's just it's just him playing on the guitar, yeah, mm-hmm. really fast. And that, there's actually a live video of that—the one I sent you from Cornerstone, uh, 2002. I'll, I'll put that on the uh, in the show notes. But it's a it's a good version of them playing this live. Um, it's also just a fun video that Cornerstone one because people ask him questions. He always takes questions during shows, you know.
1: <laughs> I- I think that might have been the year. I haven't watched the video yet, but one of those years two thousand two, two thousand three, something he was playing the main stage.
0: Yeah, um, that was the main stage. Yeah. And
1: I'm pretty sure he was really drunk. Um, one of those years he was he, not drunk on this one. Okay, one of those years he talks about like he's not in a good place. Um, yeah. at cornerstone.
0: Hmm, interesting. Yeah. No, this one he's pretty. Uh, he's it's it's pretty funny. He uh, people are asking him questions, and one guy goes, "What kind of guitar is that?" He's like. It's a Squire. You can get it at Guitar Center or other more reputable music stores for about $200. <laughs> it's actually, I sent, I sent it to you. It's a, it's a Silver Sparkle Jazzmaster. All right. Um. And then someone asked, asked him if he should shave. Like, the guy asking the question asked if he should shave. And Dave was like, I don't know, man. You look, You look pretty clean. I don't know.
2: Like... <laughs> Anyways. All right, you want to get into the
0: lyrics here?
1: Yeah. Um
0: Yeah, exactly. There's one
1: part of the song that I wanted to talk about where it kind of cuts out and it's just him singing, but we can wait till mm-hmm. we get to that lyrically cuz maybe it makes more sense.
0: Okay. I'll read the lyrics here. Barely ever fight. She knows that I love her. At first we made it every night, but I don't want to bug her about it. She just has a funny way of loving me. Pair of ticket stubs in her desk a movie I'd never seen, probably shouldn't ask, it sounds so accusing, she must have forgotten to mention Girls Night Out. The breakfast cereal talked more than we did all day long. I asked her for a walk, but she had to be on her way, so I told her I knew she'd been stepping out. She swore that she could explain. She swore that it would not happen again. She swore that she could explain. We both knew that her vo- her words were in vain.
1: Yeah, so that last part you read is when the music really all, not completely cuts out because he's still doing a little bit really lightly with guitar and bass, but.
0: Yeah, let me me play this. So I told her that I knew she'd been stepping out.
2: She swore that she could explain she swore that it would not happen again and she swore that she could explain we both knew her words were in
1: vain again love that drum part at the end um (laughs) Yeah, it, so, you know, it's it's funny, because back in the day, I would definitely say something like, this song is about God and the Bride of Christ, or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. And now I'm like, I think this is just maybe really
0: a song about somebody cheating. Um, <laughs> it's funny, because I never got the feeling that this was a song about somebody
1: cheating. So what did you think it was?
0: I felt it was more metaphor. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it... You know, there's a song coming up on here of minor yeah. prophets and their prostitute wives. So obviously he's thinking about that. Right. Um, you know, but it just like, it could be more on the nose than we're making it out to be. I doubt it's autobiographical. Yeah. But, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be
2: about God. Yeah, I agree. Uh,
0: one thing I really love about this song is that the the line so i told her that i knew she'd been stepping out it it which is a a line no matter what you say it's going to come out of nowhere kind of if you say it you know and i love that in the song it actually comes one line too sh- too soon to be the end of that verse and so it feels like it's coming out of nowhere does that make sense like mm. just it kind of feels awkward in the song as well
1: yeah I, I, so I, I love David Bazan, and I this is not completely fair, because this is first person, um, and he is a, a straight male so <laughs> as far as i know so right. this is not complete critic fair criticism but again this is kind of another like wayward woman song mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. we've talked about in other episodes That seems to kind of be a theme of christian music again it's a little more autobiographical so i don't really know if that criticism is fair um but it is interesting you know yeah i also i think back in the day i didn't let myself think of this as more of like a personal thing because it mentions sex without Mm. actually saying sex right yeah at first we made it every night but i don't want to bug her about it and so i think back in the day i was like well that can't that can't mean can't be david (laughs) talking about sex because this is a christian (laughs) album so it has to be a metaphor yeah um but again who knows
2: i don't see why not you know
0: yeah (laughs) yeah but there 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 is you know, there's a long history, both in the church and in the Bible, of of you know, of course, we'll talk about of minor prophets and their prostitute wives, but even outside of of that that that, uh, even outside of Hosea, there's a long history in the Bible of of uh, the chosen people being compared to unfaithful wives, basically, mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, they're always cheating on God, you know, which is really
2: damaging i think like
0: you notice there's not like any good examples like like the bible there's not a lot written in the bible like when things are going well
1: like the faithful wife
0: yeah yeah not a lot of faithful wife shit in the the bible yeah that's a good point
2: yeah Hmm. you know why why it's boring
1: (laughs) it's true and you can't make people like do what you want so you know, bad, it, manipulate them. Right, it's a yeah. lot harder to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I feel like I can't express it enough, but I do really like this song. Just yeah. sonically, like it just.
0: Yes, it's a great song. Yes.
1: It's got a very. I mean, you can definitely hear like that bedhead and some of those influences in this, mm-hmm. but it's definitely got a very Pedro the Lion sound, and it's. I I, I don't just love like jam bands or anything, but this song. And one later on the album, too, that I think has a similar vibe, like kind of gets a little jammy mm-hmm. towards the end. And it really works like, because they cut it off at, <laughs> right. at the right point. Um, but I just think this is this is a really nice sounding, really just good song.
0: Yeah, I agree. And you know, it's, it's, it's kind of weird that this song about cheating is like one of the most popular Page of the Lion songs. Yeah. You know. I don't
1: know. It, I mean, it definitely fits with the whole like sad, you know, kind of music so. type type yeah. thing for him. Yeah, it's called Bad Diary Days. You know, it's just totally in that like <laughs> that. Yeah, zone. Little,
2: little 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 emo.
1: Right. I know he was like, it wasn't until after Control supposedly Dave was like, "Oh shit, we're an emo band," but come on, man! Like this, yeah. this is
0: yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's the thing about Pedro is they were always accepted by well they were kind of accepted by the Christian community, but then they were accepted by both the emo and the indie communities, you know? So that really,
1: yeah. Actually, this is maybe a good time to bring this up. I, so back in, I bet you could relate to this. There was kind of this in high school when I was into this music, right? I don't Mm -hmm. just mean Pedro. I mean like alternative Christian music in general, anytime that it was kind of like, validated by i guess the secular world it felt really big for me so anytime that like something like this was getting credit without you know without all the criticism that normally came along with stuff was big Mm -hmm. and i there's a zine i got um it was called held like sound and it was a i remember it because it was it was still like a zine but it was like pretty thick and more professionally done and the reason the only reason i know about it is because i got it when i ordered i think it might have been like minerals in serenading Mm. from crank records in the mail and i remember getting that and of course again back in the day internet's not much of a thing you're just devouring stuff like that because i'm a kid that lives in this town in texas it has no like i don't know about any of this stuff right So, But I'm reading through it, and there was actually a review of this album in it, and they (laughs) fucking loved it. I think it might have even been like top 10 of the year for them. This is not a Christian zine. This is back there pretty down on some other stuff. They loved this album. And I remember just being like, oh, okay. Like, I really like this, and I think it's good, but it's cool to hear that they do, too. And this was the same time period, like the Danielson family and some other groups were getting some credit outside of the little scene and it just felt um i don't know it felt good and it it made me kind of think okay and i I think even when we were in college (laughs) there was that feeling too you know
0: yes yeah i think a lot of that comes from the fact that even though especially back in the day we would defend christian music we still knew that it wasn't like as innovative and as (laughs) even as good a lot of times as uh As the music that the world was making, you know? And so when a band did get some attention, it was, yeah, it was very validating to be like, oh, so see, see, I told you the Christian music wasn't like, like, see, like, yeah.
1: Well, I think for a while there was that belief too, that like, this should be the best type of music because like what they're trying to express and what they're trying to showcase, that was rarely actually true. But occasionally with stuff like this, you felt like, oh, they're kind of like, wow, this is something I can share with anyone. <laughs> yeah. um, actually, this album is interesting because I think most people could appreciate this even if they didn't come from a Christian background. And even though he's pretty mm-hmm. explicitly singing about stuff in these songs, it's so personal. Right. It's not being really – we talked earlier about is it preachy. I, not really unless you consider just like somebody talking about their life and these things as being preachy.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Shall we skip on to uh, track seven when they really get to know you? They'll run,
1: which is a great title, by the way, it is. <laughs> I don't think I'd really considered how great a title that was till I was going back through it for this. <laughs> this is probably also the other, like quote unquote single of the album. If there was one, um, I think this, this and big trucks are probably the most immediately catchy. Yeah, so this songs. is
0: this is the third most listened to song on the album.
1: Okay, you know the intro; it's actually kind of got a a little bit of a you know studio outtake, you know, intro or something, where David's counting mm-hmm. off. I think maybe over a metronome again in the background, <laughs> and this just has a really fun guitar part. Um, yeah, most of the album. Is extremely simple, single notes picking, and this is kind of the opposite of that. You've got this kind of slidey, it's probably not super complicated, but it sounds fun, and it's a nice little riff that just kind of repeats throughout the song.
2: One, two, three...
1: it's funny because that part alone is very catchy, but then he does have like a decent chorus on this mm-hmm. to go along with it. So it's really like, I'm sure when he wrote this, he's like, I, I got a banger here. Like I got a good one. This one is, <laughs> you know, I could just imagine like coming up with that riff and then writing the chorus with it and being like, okay, I really got something here.
0: Yeah. I wonder if this one was done more jam, like come up with more jammy style instead of like, like jamming with the band instead of just like, you know, with the guitar by yourself, because it feels like it feels like it was written with drums, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. The way those <laughs> drums come in and are really like going throughout yeah. it. Yeah, I agree.
0: Let's listen to the chorus here. Slidey guitar thing.
1: Yeah, you know, I I don't normally always say this, but I actually think the song ends a little too quickly. Like I think <laughs> it's only two two thirty five. I think he could have repeated the chorus one or two more times at the end. Ooh, it just, maybe,
0: change, maybe change keys.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe it's a great catchy song, and it, I mean, I appreciate sometimes when they leave you wanting more, and I guess that's yes. what this song does. But it just kind of gets a little heavier right at the end, and then stops. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it.
2: Yeah,
0: it's uh, to 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 me. It's kind of. I think this is probably the heaviest song we've had so far, except for maybe just the very end of um of uh, which one was it? Sorry,
1: Bad Diary Days. Yeah, Bad Diary Days. Yeah,
0: but overall, I think this is the one where we kind of have like the most overdrive on the guitar and kind of the the warmest guitar sound. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about the lyrics? let's do you want me to read them or you
1: just want to i mean i think if anybody's ever heard pedro they've heard this song but (laughs) (laughs) i mean i i think this song is obviously about like false appearances and the way we put on a front to impress people not not being real or honest about who we are it's one of those songs again that like it's not that it's not clever i don't want to say that Mm -hmm. but you know when i was eight when when I was 18, this was about the level that I could handle of like, yeah,
0: yeah. Super clever. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. If
1: he'd gotten a little more clever with that, I probably wouldn't have gotten it, but this is like, just, just my level kind of thing, you know, (laughs) like, Oh, he's tongue in cheek, put on whatever Mm -hmm. makes you attractive. If it's not you, then do it for the sake of fashion. He doesn't really mean that. Um, Right. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And, and, and not just that, but the, the great links that, that, that are gone to here, you know, waxing since 13, um you know shave shave their legs and make them look like movie stars it kind of it, there's kind of a it's not just like put something on it's like a whole routine right like a whole like maintenance thing that you got to do to yourself to make yourself presentable right
2: mm-hmm.
0: and w- one thing i do appreciate about this song is that i you know <laughs> once again we're talking about you know projecting onto women here but i feel at least here that that women are properly acknowledged as kind of a victim of this. Uh,
1: yeah. You know? Yeah. I think and, and there's right. no victim shaming
0: going on here, you know?
1: Right. Right. It's like victim of this whole culture that yeah. pushes this thing. Yeah. Um, I think the title, <laughs> once you start digging into the lyrics, the title is really good. When they get, when they really get to know you, they'll run that idea of like, Oh man, if they really knew who yeah. I was, then i would yeah, no longer husbands be and friends winter. or whatever yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah but i mean i think that title goes beyond this song right to a lot of those feelings you had at the time in the church because you mm-hmm. couldn't actually be yourself no right you've got to put on an act and a front mm-hmm. there and i'm sure there's probably a little of that in in what he's saying here again this album's got now that I've gone back through it, I'm like, oh, I think there's a few more levels here. And maybe it wasn't <laughs> even always conscious for him at the time. Yeah. But there's there's some stuff going on, um, I think, pointing at the church and that culture with this. Um, you know, yeah. I I always love this song. I I don't know if you read Catcher in the Rye. <laughs> but, I, yeah. he, you know, Holden Caulfield always talks about the phonies in that mm-hmm. book. And I love that, you know, this is just Teenage yeah. Jay just really loved that way of looking at the world and always wanting things to be real. And so this song yes. just hits like right there, you know,
0: very much agree. Yeah, <laughs> There's a lot, a lot, lot of toxic stuff in, in catcher in the ride, but that's one of the things I think that is at least, um, uh, uh everyone can agree to, to some extent is the tired of phonies. Yeah. You know,
1: for every, you know, emo kid who <laughs> also read that book <laughs> at the time and was listening yes. to this type of stuff. It all worked really well. <laughs>
0: Together. It did. Yeah. The one thing that, that, my, one of my first thoughts of, unless, on listening to this again is just how, you know, I'm trying to think of the right, right, right way to say this because there's a lot of, uh, the side of this you don't want to be on is guys who say things like, oh, you don't got to shave your legs. I don't, it's, you know, I don't, I don't like shave legs. Well, it's also not for you, you know,
1: mm, <laughs> like, right.
0: There's a, there's a little bit of a male gaze kind of like assumption here. Maybe, Yeah. you know, um, you know, so like, I think, you know, there, there's a side of if women want to do this, that's fine. You know, if guys want to do what they do, that's fine. You know, um, but at the same time, I, you know, I, I can still get on board with, you know
2: being less phony i think yeah (laughs) yeah yeah
1: um and in that you know you see that later in in a lot of his songs um that that same idea of like you just like being true to yourself i mean i think that's kind of what what he's done the whole time in his musical career it's just like Mm -hmm. try to be honest about who he is and how he feels about things and that didn't always go over so well but um yeah, I would say that David's not a fan of phonies either.
0: <laughs> yeah. So the other side of this is uh let me read this verse here again. Junior high legs, blonde hair gone brown from removing it, waxing since thirteen, wisdom from a beauty queen, her tiara digging deep in her head. So I think this has to do with kind of the the traumas and the scars that come from you know, all of the effort that we put into hiding ourselves. Mm.
2: Right, yeah, and how those people that
1: are the you know experts on that um mm-hmm. a lot of times are pretty fucked up,
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, yep, not you know i, I don't know if that i'm I, sorry in my my in my head, I was like, so the experts are definitely fucked up, but there's also the people who kind of like the ones who demand it, you know in in my head right now, I'm thinking of kind of like the the older ladies in church who would like. Get mad at the young, at the at the teenage girls for you know wearing pants instead of a dress or something like that, you know, mm. <laughs> in church, like literally, this kind of bullshit, right? Right. Anyways,
2: yeah. All right.
0: Um, not th- I, I. I and my point there being that that old lady is speaking out of trauma, not out of
1: yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> Well, and that stuff, like, it repeats, right? Yeah. 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 The trauma just, you continue to just, like, pass it on. Exactly. Um, Yeah. It's a cycle. Yeah.
0: All right, let's move on to, uh, it's not a song we originally talked about doing, but track eight of Minor Prophets and Their Prostitute Wives.
1: Yeah. I, I don't have too much on the music on this, but lyrically, it's pretty interesting. So I don't know if you want to say anything about the music.
0: Not really. I think musically it's probably not one of the best songs on the album. Let's listen to the intro here. has kind of this like heavy americana sense to it mm-hmm. i think you know which i think does fit in well with the um accusational lyrics that we're gonna have here yeah you know yeah but here's what really puzzles me is that back in the day i always felt like this was one of the centerpieces of the album but this is one of the least listened to songs on the album
1: yeah that's interesting i don't one thing i i don't think it's as good of a song just melody wise as some of the others so i can see yeah. why maybe it's not listened to as much i don't know it, again this this kind of to me echoes a little bit of song number 5 or maybe that echoes this bad diary days like kind of yes. same theme ish exactly
0: yeah so when i was taking notes here what i wrote was back when i was a toxic person parentheses christian i had a real liking for hosea Which is sad, because it's a fucking abusive book. (laughs) I'm going to read the lyrics here real fast, and then we can talk about them. All the time you were burning my letters, you were only acting the part. You think without me you'll get on much better, but you don't even know your own heart. Come on, darling, come home quickly. Come home, darling, all is forgiven, so come home quickly. I treated you as if you were a princess. You treated me like a cop. I gave you boundaries to save you from certain death dangling from the end of a rope, but you'll, but you're still playing for a love. You'll never find outside of these arms of mine. This whole town is one step behind you with a hangman on call. They've got the judge and you're convicted without a plea, but darling, they will listen to me.
1: I just realized yeah, he kind of is also referencing in that last part. Um, the fourth song, right? Um, I can't remember the title of it off the top Suspect of my head. Suspect by the scene. Yeah, right? The whole yeah, town. Yeah, a little bit, right, yeah. You know.
0: Always looking for a good hanging, right? Right. Yeah. No TV, so you gotta do something. <laughs> so, obviously, this is about Hosea. And Hosea is a is a minor prophet book from the Old Testament that is... Where basically God commands Hosea, one of his prophets, to live out a life with a prostitute wife who constantly cheats on him and he constantly forgives her. And they both live out an abusive and tragic relationship because that's the story that God needed to tell about the ch- the, the chosen people of Israel.
2: Yeah. Now, let's dig into this. <laughs>
0: Okay. And uh, while I'm going to criticize the lyrics of this song, I want to say that they're pretty true to the story of Jose.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like, uh, yeah.
0: The sentiments expressed here. Yeah. So uh, one of the first lines that really jumped out at me is at the end of the first verse, you don't even know your own heart. Like I'm trying to protect you from yourself because you don't even know yourself. Hmm. Which is some gaslighting bullshit.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, that, you don't even know your own heart, that that was, ugh, yeah, that was said a lot, maybe not ex- specifically in those words, but the same right. type of thing, and, and if you don't know your own heart, you can't trust your heart, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about this before, you can't trust yourself, you can't trust your emotions, like, the heart mm-hmm. is deceitful above all things, all that stuff, which, the more you believe that, the more, fucked up you're going to be like and the harder you're going to have time to relate even to yourself to the world to anything and you're going to become really detached from you know emotions which is not healthy trust me i can vouch for this i'm in therapy right now trying to figure (laughs) out how to connect to my emotions yeah so yeah i think this is like a super harmful way to think about things
0: which is a perfect lead-in to Jr. second verse here which ends with I'm, I'm trying to save you from certain death dangling from the end of a rope, which if you can't trust yourself, you can't trust your own heart. You can't know your own heart. After a period of time, all of that trauma builds up into like, you already feel like to me, at least you already feel like you're dangling from the end of a rope. So what the fuck's the difference? You know? Mm. (laughs) Yeah. So like, even though this is about how, how, even this is, though this is supposed to be about how, you know, shut up and trust God, to me it ends up just being about like when you're gaslit like this it's not like you, you already feel like you're dead inside so what's the point of being dead for real?
2: <laughs> yeah. As I was
1: going back through this, and, and the, I'm going to say this because it, it also ties in with what I want to say about the last two songs we're going to cover, but I get the sense that like in some ways David like desperately wants this to be true. And I'm talking about the Mm -hmm. lines where he says, you treated me like a cop. I gave you boundaries Mm -hmm. to save you from certain death. Like, you know, uh, the reason you, we have these rules is to keep you safe and keep you that the reason God wants you to do these things and do it his way is because it will keep you safe it's really good for you it's actually god knows Mm -hmm. best it's good for you and i think deep down he's really wanting to believe that and that's like the kind of stuff i would tell myself too um but it doesn't mean that it actually makes it make sense for you
0: right yeah like i was thinking the other day about like the idea that everything's gonna be fine you know like, which is something we tell people all the time. Like, everything's going to be fine, right? Which is something, especially that's offered by salvation, right? Like, you'll know that everything's going to be fine. It, what the fuck does that mean? Everything's going to be fine? It doesn't that doesn't mean anything?
1: God's got a plan, Clifton. His ways <laughs> are funny. not our ways.
0: Yeah, sure. <laughs> all right, moving on. But you're still you're still playing for a love you'll never find outside these arms of mine, like. I'm the only one who can love you. Like if you're looking for love outside of me, this is what abusers say, Jay. Like this is the fucking like negging kind of bullshit
2: that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a really good. You'll point. never
0: find true love except for me, which reminds me of one, one of uh my, my girlfriend, my freshman year in, in college, Told her, told me one time that her previous boyfriend had told her that she would never, never find someone to love her when she broke up with him. Mm. That's just, I mean, that's just, yeah, that's just. I mean, that's abusively heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last one here that caught me is uh, the end of the last uh, verse here. Uh, The whole town is one step behind you with a hangman on call. They've got the judge and convicted you without a plea, but don't worry, darling. They will listen to me. Cause I'm the only one who can save you. The only one. Yeah. If you think anyone else can save you, you're wrong. I'm the only one who can save you.
1: Once I, again, this is what abusers say. I struggled with that last line. Not necessarily for that reason, but I guess in my head, I was kind of thinking back to suspect flood the scene. Cause mm-hmm. it's, Reminiscing thing. And so, like, you've got all these people coming after you. They're going to convict you without a plea, but darling, they will listen to me. Why would they listen to you? Like, I don't, it doesn't, I I don't know. I was because you're just
0: a whore and he's a good man.
1: Okay. And so suddenly all these judgmental people are going to be forgiving and, um, okay.
0: Hmm. Not just judgmental people, but like people ready to kill you. Yeah. Yeah, just, which just to be honest, like this also reminded me of Trump. Like, how many times have you heard him give a speech where he talks about how he's the only person who can, who can defend the mm-hmm. the, you know, what,
1: anyways. Well, and that I mean, I didn't think we'd be talking about Trump on this episode, but that. Why do you think one of the many reasons Christian liked him is because this is the kind of stuff they've been like bathed in for years? Is this way of thinking and that like. God is the only one who could save me, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. So, like, they're used to hearing that. So, when someone no, comes yes. along and says it, it's like you're speaking their language, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, because not only is this incredibly abusive, but, like, it also sets you up for being abused further <laughs> yeah. by grifters and con men.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right.
0: Let's move on to... Uh... We're going to skip uh, another track here. We'll move on to track 10, The Secret of the Easy Yoke.
1: So, I'll be honest, I love this song. This was like, (laughs) of all the songs on the album, probably the one I connected to the most. And I'm sure I'm not the only person that is saying that. Um, You know, it's a very, very pretty simple song. He's strumming just a few chords. It's a slow tempo tempo slow tempo (laughs) but it's just so good you know Mm -hmm. it's got one of those moments i guess it's kind of a bridge later in the song where everything kind of fades out and then you slowly build back up into loud (laughs) i'm a big fan of like loud soft dynamics and songs and so this definitely has that um it's also one that just kind of like (sighs) I guess the theme or what the lyrics are talking about is fairly heavy, and so the music kind of fits that as it's like pretty like I don't mean heavy like like you know heavy metal, but just like melancholy, yeah, thank you, that's a better word for it. It just really fits with what the lyrics are talking about mm-hmm. and so yeah, it's just it's it's a good song i don't I don't have. Much else till we talk about the lyrics. I don't know anything musically yeah. you want to say.
0: Yeah, one of the things I really love is kind of the because it is kind of plodding and melancholy. At the ends of the chorus, the chorus kind of gets a little bit more hopeful than than the other parts of the song. Right. You know? Um, And then at the end of the chorus, there's kind of this like long. It's hard. It's impossible to call anything on this album a solo, but just for. The sake of having words to use here there's like this long like drum solo kind of thing where it's just like doing its own thing, and then everyone else comes back in after a little while. Mm.
1: actually a song i kind of wondered how they recorded it because it really felt like the drums um i don't know the, especially towards the end when it gets Jamie, there's so many parts that it feels like he has to be playing along with something but like is, mm-hmm. did they record the guitar first and go back with it I, I don't know i just yeah. so
0: a lot of times what you do on this is you, you record um A lot lot of times you'll record just like a scratch um, guitar part with a metronome, and then you're going to come back and replace that. You're going to play the other instruments, and then you're going to come back and replace that guitar part with the real guitar part, right? Mm -hmm. So, but you put the guitar part in there so that you are playing along with the real song. You're not just playing to a metronome. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah, because it feels like the drums really respond to a lot of Mm -hmm. the guitar part, especially towards the end of the song. Yeah. Yeah, there's
0: a whole like instrumental peace be still kind of mm-hmm. kind of thing uh, going on here and out and into the outro. We'll use that as a part of the part of the music on the, on the later on in the episode. Should we uh, dive into these lyrics?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely want to talk about these lyrics. I will say also, this is the longest song. Oh yes. That, by far. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Six minutes and 40 seconds. Mm-hmm. All right. You want me to read these? Yeah, please. All right. I could hear the church bells ringing. They pealed aloud your praise. The members' faces were smiling, with their hands outstretched to shake. It's true they did not move me. My heart was hard and tired. Their perfect fire annoyed me. I could not find you anywhere. Could someone please tell me the story of Sinner's Ransom from the Fall? I still have never seen you, and some days I don't love you at all the devoted were wearing bracelets to remind them why they came some concrete motivation when the abstract could not do the same but if all that's left is duty i'm falling on my sword at least then i would not serve an unseen distant lord could someone please tell me the story of sinner's ransom from the fall i still have never seen you and some days i don't love you at all if this is only a test I hope that I'm passing because I'm losing steam and I still want to trust you. And then at the end of the song, it kind of goes into this repeated thing of uh, peace, Be still.
1: I man, lyrically, like I, this song, I just so connected mm-hmm. to, I'm sure we probably all did. And it, it just was so honest. Mm-hmm. Like, Honestly, I think if all Christian music was this honest, I don't know if we'd have a problem with it. <laughs> 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 you know? I mean, yeah. I guess we would with some of the, like, bullshit, but he's just so honest with, like, how he's feeling on this. It's it's really hard to take issue with it, you know? I I just connected lyrically with so much of this, you know? Like going to church everybody's smiling stretched out hands you know it didn't really move me feeling like i should be moved by this but i'm not their perfect fire annoyed me <laughs> you know which is
0: a twist on perfect fire anoint me
1: mm, right yeah it was to talk about you know the devoted were wearing bracelets to remind them why they <laughs> came some concrete motivation when abstract could not do the same you know and it, It's definitely like he's going there, he's wanting to like experience God, Mm -hmm. but he's not. And and, and again, like I said last time, I think he's desperately wanting this to be true. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, peace be still, like, okay, you know, that's all I got to do is just rest in God, not stress about this, peace be still. And I get the sense again that he's like, I really hope this is true. Peace yeah. be still, kind of thing, and yeah, this is just like really, really, really honest. I sometimes I wonder, man, what if he would ended the album just with this? I don't know. I think there <laughs> might be people be like really worried about. Oh no, David. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so one other thing. I was wondering too if he feels like he had to put the peace be still in at the end to like not freak people out too much at this point yeah. in his in his journey.
0: No, I think that part really does almost feel peaceful. So I think I wonder if he wrote it to himself, you know, kind of a
1: uh okay, like stop yeah. freaking out. Mhm. Interesting. I always took it as like this is what God tells me to do, so I better do that and maybe then mm-hmm. I'll feel him.
0: Yeah. I mean that that could be that could be part of it, but but I I always took it as him just like kind of writing himself his own like little I don't know what the right song is, but like comfort song kind of thing, you know. <laughs>
1: I think you talked about this on the last episode, like, you know, the people that'll say like, well, you must've never been a Christian in the first place. Like if you've Mm -hmm. lost your faith, like how could you listen to this song (laughs) and say that about him? Like, I don't think it's possible. There was
0: something he was hiding, something that he wouldn't, 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 some sin he wouldn't give up.
1: Oh my God. It's crazy. I don't know how you could listen to this and then say that. Which. About him.
0: Doesn't match up with the gospel at all. Cause it's like, Okay. Either God rescues us from all our sins, whether we're willing to give them up or not, or He doesn't. Right? Yeah. We're all fucking fuck-ups, right? Like, if God isn't, is God rescuing you, or is He waiting for you to rescue yourself, and then He'll step in? Because here's the thing: the first one doesn't work, right? Yeah. If 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 the whole Bible story is true, and which okay, if the whole Bible story is true, and you know we're all sinners and we can't save ourselves from the sin then there's nothing that then having some sin that you refuse to give up is not a thing, you know, that, that it doesn't even make fucking anyways, <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. One, one of the parts I really like is if this is only a test, I hope that I'm passing because I'm lo- losing steam and I still want to trust you. I can't tell you how often, you know, I, I heard, sermons that were something to the effect of you might be going through a hard time right now. Maybe you haven't really felt the presence of God in weeks or months or maybe even years, but sometimes God does that to see how much you love him. Kind of like Job, you know? Mm. So you just got to keep, this is a test. God has provided you a test. You should be happy that God has given you a test
1: kind of thing. Dark night of the soul kind of thing. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: Yeah. 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 I. Again, that part you just said, like, I still want to trust you. I think that's him, like, saying, I want this to be true. I really want to believe. But it's, like, not easy. Yeah. I think you're going to actually see that reflected in this last song we're going to talk about, too. A little bit different way, but that same yeah. idea of, I, I really want this to be true. Um,
0: but David does have the perfect response to that test thing here which is the one lurk that we, that you haven't mentioned here in repeat, which is, but if all that's left is duty, I'm falling on my sword. At least then I would not serve an unseen, distant Lord.
2: Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Again, so honest, so good. And like, basically like, what's the point? Like if all this is, is duty tradition, all this stuff, then like Mm -hmm. I'm done
2: exactly that that wasn't the promise right
1: yeah
0: (laughs) the promise let's do that all right let's move on here to track 12 promise
1: you know this song is pretty upbeat Mm -hmm. but it does kind of work for the last song i was thinking i was like i don't know where else you would put this on the album <laughs> but i also wonder if he feels like he had to end with this because if not people are really going to be questioning his faith
0: i felt so because like the last half of this album is su- i mean not that this entire album isn't melancholy but the last half of this album is super melancholy
1: right <laughs> yeah and it's funny because i don't think the theme of the song is that different from secret of the easy yoke but it's just mm-hmm. more upbeat yeah so this song does have a couple of little bit different things. It's got kind of an interesting line, just kind of slow moving notes during the verse. Uh, and one other thing you see on this that I don't think we see much in the rest of the album is some background vocals um, hmm. on the last chorus. And I'm pretty sure it's just David singing at a higher, you know, register, but I think it might be the only time we hear them on this album.
2: Yeah.
1: So. It's also a very short song.
2: And the sky is now
1: Kind of funny because you're right. This whole album's melancholy, and then it ends with this song, which is kind of like, "But don't worry, guys, I'm still happy." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: it's, it's almost like a celebratory song, you know? Uh, yeah, it, it's very. I don't weird.
1: know. I always got the message of like, "Don't worry about me too much." Uh, you know, I put this song at the end. It's okay. I don't need you, you know, praying <laughs> for me, stressing about my how I'm doing too much. Can we talk about the lyrics? Let's do. Uh, yeah. You want me to read them? Go ahead. He says, I'll take something to believe, something with long sleeves, because it's unpredictable. Now, Jesus said he'd fill my needs, but my heart still bleeds. He's just not physical. Now, why can't I see? He says, if I look up and the sky's not there, is there any reason that I should be scared when a promise is a promise I know? Now, we've established lack of sight, maybe vision's the right word for what I need. Cause I can't see with human eyes. Lord knows I've tried to follow where he leads. And the last kind of part that's different. He says, from what I've seen so far, I can't believe my eyes and what a nice surprise. So that chorus, you know, if I look up and the sky's not there, is there any reason that I should be scared when a promise is a promise? I know like clearly he's still trying to trust in -hmm. God's promises. Uh, It's just like I felt like it's kind of like the peace be still part like I'm just okay I'm really trying to believe in Mm -hmm. this I really want this to be real but it's hard yeah the weird thing about this song though is like what the hell is up with that last like little verse he gets really positive and optimistic which is pretty strange for Bazan.
0: I feel like it's more like there's been some good times Okay, and I gotta just like hold on to those like with all my strength because, you know,
1: yeah, I'm talking about part where he between, says, maybe. "From what I've seen so far, I can't believe my eyes, and what a nice surprise." I'm like, that sounds really optimistic for him. <laughs>
0: yeah, I yeah, I just felt like it was a acknowledgement that there have been some good times. Yeah,
1: it's so listening to these songs now, it's been so interesting because unlike most of the artists we do, we actually know kind of where David went with his beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, just Secret of the Easy Yoke, this song, seeing how he desperately wanted to believe and just couldn't make it work. I don't know. Very, very good hypothesis,
0: Jay. Yes. You know, so David was born into a Christian family, right? And, you know, he grew up in the culture. But the sad truth today is, Jay, is just that some people just aren't elect. And so even though he wanted to love God, God didn't choose him. So (laughs) fuck
1: him. Okay. (laughs) Oh man. I don't know. I don't, (laughs) you know, I don't miss really much of, or any of this world at all. I definitely (laughs) don't miss the Calvinist holier than thou bullshit. Um, Yes. Yeah.
0: But how else do you respond to this? I mean, I just don't know what else you say to Right. Someone who's clearly trying, you know, and not not trying maybe trying is the wrong word. It's someone who has clearly put themselves out there. You know, who has clearly laid themselves down and Yeah.
1: Been that's open and honest with doubt and stuff, yeah. Yeah. I mean, one thing I put in my notes is I said, you know, like, it makes you wonder, could you ever do an album this honest and not end up where he did? Hmm. Like, is it possible to be this honest about doubt, but come out of this being like a much stronger believer?
0: I mean, there's people who deconstruct and remain Christians, right?
1: Yeah, but I wouldn't say that, like, they're not in the same way, right? right? And they're definitely not probably believing it how they did before so that's what i'm wondering could can you be this honest about your doubts about your feelings and things and then end up coming back to it as the church would like it to be that makes sense <laughs> i not sure actually now kind of being yeah. on the other side of it and maybe that's why they never want you to be this open and honest about stuff and why we say all those little platitudes like just you know just trust in god just gotta have faith don't worry it'll get better god's got Mm -hmm. a plan um because when you really are open and honest about it yeah, this is this is (laughs) this is where you go
2: yeah
0: i was uh a friend of mine posted on facebook last week about how it was kind of it was the anniversary of when they left the church, quote-unquote. And they were actually asked to leave. Like, they were literally asked to leave a church um, because they were sinning or something like that. The church had decided that they were sinning with doing something, you know. And they were asked to leave the church and and told that they could come back in, like, three months or something like that. And it's been, like, five years, and literally no one from the church has ever reached out Mm. ever again. Yeah, I've heard a
1: lot of stories like that. Yeah.
0: Which... You know, I think. You know, we're all we're all humans. You know, if if we if we put aside this religious really bullshit, we can all say, "I like my church, and I like it when it's not complicated." And that guy was making it complicated.
1: Mm. You know, right,
2: right. So, yeah, yeah. It's funny. There was
1: never, a, there was never a lot of place, if any places in church, for you to be this honest about your beliefs right like no it's kind of funny of all places where you think well we can open up and be honest and share with each other it was not there that you could really say these things
0: you know and and i've talked several times on the podcast about kind of you know me going through my anxiety issues you know which led to a lot of like doubts about salvation and stuff like that you know and when i was going through that and i tried to talk to people not just you know church counselors and stuff like that. All of them too. No one was ever comfortable with that. Like no one wanted to talk to me.
1: Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like
0: They were all very uncomfortable with having those conversations. They're like, Oh, you know, it's, it's going to be fine. Like, let's let's, let's, let's do something else. Let's move on. You know, <laughs> like there was not a lot of like, yeah, let's dig in. No one ever said, yeah, let's dig into that. You know,
1: mm.
0: <laughs> not once,
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs> or like, I feel the same way. Yeah. That kind of thing. Or they might, yeah. they might've said, I felt like that one time brother, but yeah. then I blah, 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 blah. Yeah.
0: Then I read this book and it made me feel better. And they gave me Josh McDowell. I'm like this, this yeah. is the fucking brilliance <laughs> that convinced you. You're a, you have a fucking egg for a, bro- oh, sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, it's just from the outside, it seems almost literally crazy, but it, it's yeah. just when you're in it, You know, it's just a box that it's really hard to get out (laughs) of. So hearing something like this back in the day felt so refreshing Mm -hmm. and so kind of liberating in those ways. Because if nothing else you knew, even if I wasn't going to talk about it with anybody, at least I knew Mm -hmm. there was somebody out there feeling the same way. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And especially, you know, for me, songs like Secret of the Easy Yoke, I talked last time about you know, kind of mourning my loss of faith to, to whole. And this is another album that I, you know, obviously that I listened to a lot during that time period. That kind of, I was able to kind of latch on to that had a similar kind of, you know, going through the same thing as me. Yeah,
2: mm,
1: yeah for sure. I feel like I did that a lot as well with his, um I guess, real first, full-length solo album that curse branches mm-hmm. it's very personal and very much about that uh this yeah. is a yeah another moment of like feeling like okay somebody out there gets it <laughs> yeah well
2: what do you think overall jay
1: man i love this album as you yeah. point out there's a few things that are not great but overall it's a fantastic album and i think mm-hmm. that's why people still love it today that's why he's doing a tour playing all these songs again, (laughs) because people really, really love it, really connect with it. It's a great album.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Here's something I was thinking about. This album is so much about lyrics, right? Mm -hmm. But would it have worked if the music was less considered? Like if this was just some guy strumming an acoustic guitar, would it have worked?
1: No, no. I mean, the music is simple, but there's something about it that, Mm -hmm. especially for these songs like secret Mm -hmm. of the easy yoke, bad diary days, some of these like, and even the upbeat ones, like, you know, when they really get to know you, they'll run like the music Mm -hmm. is really crucial. It's simple, but it's, it's necessary.
0: I agree. Yeah. I don't know what it is about it, Yeah, but there's something in that music that, 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 that is such an, like an undergirding of the song that it's, it's, it's necessary to be there.
1: Yeah. Agreed.
0: All right. What'd you think of the album, RJ?
1: I think it's great for this. It, it now looking back at it, and I'm looking at the original one, you know, Mm -hmm. it definitely feels kind of of the times. It reminds me like a little bit of that first, maybe Joan of Arc album out on Jade tree or some of the others. Like there's a little bit of similar just style Mm -hmm. with it. So it's definitely of the times. I don't know if it's aged, super well but like it works it's fine
0: so is this the original or is this the, that's the uh,
1: original yeah that's the was, original okay the original has kind of like the same photo repeated like three times basically yeah Now yeah. supposedly that is the drum set that is his drum set that is his like okay that they recorded this album on which is kind of cool yeah
0: and the J- jade tree re- reissue is that same photo it's just just it's not still, it takes done. Up the entire
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Takes up the entire in front instead of, instead of being repeated, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the packaging's pretty simple, you know? It's literally just like, oh, this is the original packaging, too. Yeah. Wow. I don't have the original, so I only have the Jade Tree reissue. The Jade Tree reissue has like one sheet, um, uh, one page basically for every song. and has the lyrics on it.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, this yeah. is super simple. No lyrics, nothing. Although you don't really need them for this album. You can actually make them out. Yeah. And just some credits of where it was recorded. Address to write to them. Address from Made in Mexico. Thank you. That's about it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so here's the...
1: Uh... Okay. j one's super simple, too. It's just got yes. the lyrics. Yes, it's got the lyrics, yeah.
0: All right. <laughs> well, Jay, anything else we want to talk about?
1: You know, actually, one thing I thought about as I was wrapping this up, can we talk about the album title? Yeah. what What is that? I mean, it's it's hard to find a friend, but what's he referring to? Because there's not, I mean, this is melancholy music. It is kind mm-hmm. of sad sounding in some ways, but. Is that the only? So is this
0: is this roadside monument where it's just a great like phrase, or is right this, uh... like what
1: does the title actually have to do with most of the album? It's not that it's so far off, but there's not necessarily a song directly about that, unless it's supposed to be God. Um,
0: you know that you know that hymn you've always, you have a friend in Jesus.
1: You think that's what it's about?
0: I don't know. I'm just I'm
1: just riffing here. I wonder. I don't know. It'd be interesting to ask him. <laughs> yeah. Originally, why why the title?
0: Hmm. How old was he when this came out? Probably early twenties, mid twenties.
1: Yeah. What What do we say? I, I'm thinking twenty, twenty one, kind of thing, maybe. Yeah.
0: So really young. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very young. But it's mm-hmm. grown a lot just from that whole EP. I mean, the whole EP. Yeah. We had good things to say, but I feel like this.
0: Oh yeah. Especially the music here is another level.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I liked. You know, I like some of the songs, like nothing on whole, but. Mm-hmm especially lyrically i think he kind of took this in Mm -hmm. really interesting places
2: i agree
0: all right Jay. will is there any update on where they are now
1: yeah you know it's funny of all the ones we've done this one i didn't even write anything because i feel like i can do this from memory (laughs) um just to give you a real short summary if you don't know and if you're listening this you probably already do but Basically, Dave Bazan, After this, he released one more EP that I hope we'll cover at some point on the yeah. show on Made in Mexico. And then he signed to Jade Tree Records, which at the time was like pretty hot shit with like mm-hmm. all the bands they were putting out. Yeah, Joan of Arc, Promise Ring, Jets to Brazil. He toured with Jets to Brazil. Actually, toured with Jets, signing <laughs> that, which is pretty cool when you think about it.
0: Like Jets sought him out.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, which is <laughs> yeah, really cool. And so. Anyway, he signed to them. He put out three albums with them and then broke up Pedro the Lion <laughs> and continued on with a solo career, which basically sounds the same. It's just he no longer wanted to call it the band. Did solo stuff from about 2005 or 6 all the way up until I think his last solo release was 2017 or 18. Oh um, And then his first album back as Pedro the Lion it was called Phoenix and it came out in 2019, I think. Mm-hmm. And then early last year in 2022, he put out his second kind of, not his second out, al- his second new album as Pedro the Lion called Havasu. And supposedly he's on a kind of like a five album cycle talking about each one about a place he lived growing up. So there was, there's Phoenix, there's Havasu. I think the next one is Santa Cruz um and so not really necessarily about the city but using that as a way to go back and connect with himself at those times because i think yeah. like us and like a lot of people you grew up so disconnected from who you really were because of religion you can't trust your emotions you can't trust yourself and how heart is always evil and all that stuff <laughs> that i think he's going back now and trying to kind of unpack that and you know really look at who he was back then and help him better understand himself today. And I've really enjoyed those two no albums. So you should check them out. Cool. Yeah. Do you have an award for this album, Jay? I, this is dumb and this is maybe too simple, but I kind of just want to give it the honest award or the honesty Hmm. award because I think more than any other album we've covered, this one is like open and honest about who they are.
0: The most honest Christian album.
1: All right. <laughs> That's funny to say, but
0: yeah. <laughs> I'll agree with it. Okay, cool. <laughs> jay what are we doing on the next episode
1: so uh i know what we're doing we are doing craig's brothers 1990 same year 1998 debut album (laughs) homecoming
0: yeah we've already done it actually yeah we've actually
1: already recorded it funny enough we got ourselves out of order but um yeah a little bit of time (laughs) travel so
0: all right well sounds good
1: Thank you for joining us for another episode of Your Music Saved Us.
0: If you enjoyed your time with us, please leave us a review or share this episode. Visit patreon.com YMSU to contribute and get extended episodes. Visit our website, yourmusicsavedus.com, to find out all the ways to listen. We're on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Join our Facebook group or follow us to keep up with the latest or interact with us. Send complaints and disagreements to yourmusicsavedus at gmail.com or message us on Facebook because we check that more often
1: (laughs) the music in this episode is the work of Pedro the Lion and his useless apologies not permission there's tons of stuff out there by the way that you can buy on Bandcamp on PedroTheLion.com I believe you can also go to DavidPazan.com he's touring right now playing this album along with Control so there's lots of ways to get out there and support him and please do so buy a shirt yep
0: Cool. Alright. Thank you all.
1: Yep, yeah, thanks everybody. Bye. Bye.